Hi, everyone. This is Michael Crosa here, director of the podcast. And of course, I'm with my cat, Happy Bob, who you might hear purring. I wanted to come on and uh, let you know that we're going to be taking a little break from producing Jollyville Radio for a few months. I don't know about you, but uh, now that life isn't locked down quite so much anymore, things are just different. Some of it is great. Like, I'm really excited that I can get out and explore. I can go see friends and meet their friends. And then some of it feels a little stressful, like like with all the day-to-day errands and responsibilities, life just feels more busy than it did before. Either way, the folks here at Jollyville decided that we should give ourselves some time to enjoy being with others. You know, enjoying the long days of summer and just otherwise looking anywhere but our Zoom screen. We had already recorded two extra Community Beat interviews, and we thought it was worthwhile to just go ahead and share them now. We may use them in future episodes too, but we couldn't hide the light that these people bring to the world. So, I'll see you again in a few months, but in the meantime, I hope that Jollyville Radio inspires you to be involved in your community to see beyond us versus them, to take deep breaths of fresh air, and to help people, to take care of them, to make lasagna, to pet cats, to see what's going on in your community, and just to be kind. I'm really glad that you and I both live in Jollyville, and I'll see you soon. Until then, I hope you'll enjoy this very special Community Beat double feature. Cheers! Hello, this is Vidi Marin with Chattanooga Community Fridge. You're listening to Jolly Bell Radio on KGBR, and everyone eats. <laughs> hey, this is Community Beat with Matt Wade of Jolly Bell Radio. I'm here today with Vidi Marin organizer for the Chattanooga Community Fridge. Um, Welcome, Vidi, and please tell our audience, what is a community fridge? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, A community fridge is a fridge for the community. They are outside, and they are stocked from the community for the community um, with fresh produce, um, you know, different types of milk, cheeses, etc. And they are available 24-7 for our community. How do you maintain your uh, community fridge that you've that you've helped bring into existence? Ah, yeah. Um, I mean, the whole thing, you know, it's community fridge. So it's from the community for the community, right? So it's um, maintained by donations from the community, um, whether that be monetary or like, um, you know, someone comes off uh, someone comes up and drops off food. So that's one way we partner up with different people too, like different organizations as well that do food drives. And sometimes, you know, they have extra food that has not been picked up. So then they come and drop off that food at the fridge. So, you know, it takes all of us. So we try and partner up with as many people as we can to keep these fridges full for our community. So that includes like actual like businesses that will donate food and they'll just bring yeah. it in the fridge. Yeah, we'll have different businesses. We've worked with a couple breweries and coffee shops here in Chattanooga that also do like food drives. Um, we'll have different people like 
you know, businesses do like for Giving Tuesday. Uh, we got, you know, a lot of donations as well. And we are really excited because we um, will be opening the third fridge soon. And with that, that just means, you know, now we have three fridges we need to keep up with. But um, we have a lot of people lined up for food drives and food pickups. So, so did I hear you right? You have uh, multiple fridges around Chattanooga? Yeah, we have two so far. We have one in Highland Park and one in Clifton Hills. Um, they're about 15 minutes away from each other. And um, we have the third one coming up soon in the next month. That's so interesting because uh, the neighborhood next to mine in Los Angeles is also called Highland Park. Uh, it's a common name. It's pretty common when I like type it out on the maps. It's like Highland Park this or Highland Park this. This isn't necessarily relevant to the um, interview, VD, but my partner, mm -hmm. Veronica, also um, helps manage a community fr fridge in our neighborhood in Los Angeles. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You can imagine like a city as big as Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, we, we have many different fridges, you know, per neighborhood. Um, so it's, it's great that we also have a, a strong volunteer base that helps support them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, I can't even imagine. I'm like doing Chattanooga and I can't even imagine LA. So you would need like little subgroups kind of. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's very decentralized. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, you're um, good. What inspired you to start the community fridge? Yeah, um, you know, like many of us um, during 2020, was, which was like such a game-changing year for a lot of us, um, you know, I kind of was very inspired by community, taking care of community. And I've always been um, very passionate about food social justice programs. So that to me was just a no brainer. And so I started looking into free uh, fridge 99, free 99 fridge, sorry, um, in Atlanta and seeing how they worked and you know how they did things. And these fridges are run by an incredible woman. Her name is Leticia and um, she doesn't stop. I mean, she goes, goes, goes for her community. She goes hard for her community. And it was really inspiring. And so I was like, we need one in Chattanooga. Like, you know, why don't we have one here kind of thing? And so um, I started talking about it with a couple of people and a couple of people that had not heard of community fridges yet were kind of like, what, a fridge outside? That sounds kind of odd, but okay. And then um, once they saw it come together, it was kind of like, why, you know, why have we not done this? Also the beauty of the fridge is that it's available 24 seven. So people can come in um, and take what they need or drop off what they can whenever. And also um, different fridges um, all around focus on different things or have their own set of rules. Um, these fridges focus a lot on fresh produce for our community, which can be something that can be, you know, very hard to access if you're facing food insecurity in your household. Right, right. Like I can imagine Chattanooga, mm -hmm. like, Pretty much anywhere in America has its share of um, food deserts and fresh produce is probably pretty welcome in um, yeah. some communities. Um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and turn on my camera just so you can see me. Oh. I'm a real person. Hi. Okay. Hi. Um, I, just felt, <laughs> I just felt weird uh, to, to Michael's point that you couldn't see me, but I'm, I'm actually taking some fresh produce uh, to town right now in my kitchen. Okay which okay, is cool. why I have the camera off because I thought it was <laughs> okay. a little distracting. 
but <laughs> that's uh, funny that's okay cool attention. yeah so nice okay. to meet you nice to nice to meet you <laughs> um okay so anyways mm-hmm. um i saw that from the uh uh your instagram page which i recommend to anyone to check out uh, that there's some really awesome art on these community fridges. Yeah. Did, you, did you did you reach out to artists for help, or did that kind of happen organically? Yeah, um, it was really important that our fridges, you know, were invited to our community um, because the beauty of this is not this isn't charity. This is mutual aid, so we wanted this space to be very inviting and welcoming and. Um, and a big part of community can be art, you know? And so having these fridges painted was definitely a dream. And if you Google community fridges, you'll see tons of different artwork on different fridges, which is which is really cool to see. You could scroll for hours. But um, the first fridge, actually, we had someone reach out. His name is Will. He's awesome. And he um, is an artist here in Chattanooga. And he reached out wanting to you know, volunteer his time and skills to the fridge. And so we got together and, you know, we talked about what the fridge represents and um, he did an incredible job. I mean, this fridge in Highland Park is decorated with fruits and vegetables. It kind of looks like a garden. And then he has like, everyone eats in English, todos comen in Spanish, um, written above. And um, it looks very beautiful. So Will, he's awesome. And we were so, so grateful to work with him. And then for the second fridge, um, we ended up talking to another artist. Her name is Carson, and she's incredible as well. And this fridge is beautiful because it's just like a ray of sunshine, and it's got tons of, like, fruits and vegetables around it. And um, it says, you know, Chattanooga Community Fridge, free food for all in Spanish and in English. And so they're both very inviting, and we feel very lucky to have been able to work with these artists. So do you have someone lined up for the third fridge? You know, not just yet. Um, the host for this fridge, um, I, you know, talked to her and um, she told me that. Well, I asked her, I said, do you have anyone in mind that you think that would be great for this fridge, for this community? And so we're kind of going back and forth because I also, you know, want to be able to, whenever we have a host, um, you know, let us use their space for a fridge. If they have any ideas of how they want this fridge to look like, I love to take that in consideration. So we're, we're still chatting about the details of that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I mm-hmm. guess it wouldn't work if you didn't have people who are willing to have these fridges on their property. So yeah, yeah, totally. How do you, how did you uh, find some folks who are willing to chip in in that way? So the first fridge was like, you know, like that's the baby, right? Like that's the, the first one. And that's the one where you, I wrote a pro- proposal out and um, I took it to Terry, who um, was a director of the St. Andrews Center, um, which is where our first fridge is located. And, you know, I spoke to him about this fridge and what it means and um, how it works. And we were very fortunate because we already had so much Um, noise and support around this fridge and I had applied for a grant for this first fridge um, before speaking to him and uh, we got it which was exciting and so having all of that support behind it definitely helped um, be able to kind of vision what the fridge would look like there and so um, after speaking with him he 
you know, helped us figure out exactly where he think it would be great to put it and what it would look like and making sure that we involved him as much as we could in the process. Um, because this is his fridge too, you know, it's my fridge, your fridge, everyone's fridge. And, um, he's been an incredible host. I mean, he comes by and checks in on it, texts me, you know, about it, um, takes the trash out on it. He's definitely, um, one of our greatest hosts and volunteers. So we're really excited. Oh, and then, Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to just say from there um, on the second fridge, we actually got um, someone reached out to us to put this place, the second fridge in Clifton Hills. And then for the third fridge, someone reached out to us for that as well. So, yeah. That's so cool. And I'm again, just from your social media, it looks like it's really grown into something much more than just a fridge. You've had mm-hmm. a block party. You did a mm-hmm. bingo fundraiser. Um, you've Hi. got, uh, uh, another event, holidays and handlebars that looks really mm-hmm. cool. And now you have merch as well, which <laughs> is just so incredible. So I, I'm just so impressed with, with what you were able to, um, to build. And did you have any previous experience before with, uh, nonprofits or grant writing? Um, well, yes. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you, uh, for saying, um, all those kind words about, our page, I can tell you that it's, it takes the community. There's no way I could be able to do this by myself. Um, you know, when it comes to the merch, we've had an incredible graphic designer, Caitlin, completely donate all of the designing for that. Um, and we have incredible volunteers that work um, with us on ideas to fundraise and our social media. And then we're able to partner with some amazing organizations to do events like um, Handle Bars and Holidays, where we were able to have the fridge out there so people knew about it, but also give away bikes. So it was really great. Um, I did, before you know, working on the fridge, I worked at a nonprofit. It, was a shelter, it is a shelter for um, domestic abuse. And so I was able to, you know, help out with grants there, but that was about all the experience that I had. But this is something that, you know, you don't necessarily have to come from a, a formal nonprofit background to chip in. Like, this is something that anyone can contribute to. Oh, yes. Yes. A hundred percent. You do not have to. I mean, I can, like, if you, in your community, you feel like, you know, a community fridge could be used there go ahead and do it and get the community behind you. It's not anything that, you know, anyone with nonprofit background, just like you said, needs to do. Um, boots on the ground and um, organizing and getting your community behind it are truly just the things that you need. So so you mentioned with the community fridge that it's not charity, it's mutual aid. Can you explain the difference between the two? Yeah, Um I guess the short, you know, explanation would be the beauty about mutual aid is that this is, you know, food that I would eat, that you would eat, that I'm dropping off for you. It's from the community for the community. Um, When I say it's not charity, it's mutual aid. I mean, you know, we're not coming in here, you know, saying like, here, you know, come take these boxes of food, you need them or anything like that. It's just a community leaving food for others. And my hope is that when you open that fridge, you feel loved by your community and you also feel taken care of. That's fantastic. And I'll wrap up by um, asking Mm -hmm. you, where can people learn more about um, the Chattanooga Community Fridge? Yeah, we have um, our Instagram. It's um, Chattanooga Community Fridge. 
It's at Chattanooga Community Fridge. And then you can also go online to chatcommunityfridge.org. And um, you can find out a little bit more about what the Community Fridge here in Chattanooga is doing and um, what the next steps are for more fridges here in Chattanooga. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much and stay safe. It was great meeting you. Thank you so much. It was good meeting you. Bye. of the Central Texas Medical Orchestra, and it has been a tremendous delight to talk to the folks at Jollyville Radio. I think you should go ahead and listen to some of these guys talk. They have a great time. You've been listening. You are listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. Hang on. Am I here? I can hear you. Did I do it? Am I on? Am I on? on? Yeah, we, we can't see your face. We don't oh, need to, but. My face. Wait a second. I wasn't ready for that. Let me try this. This is Jollyville Community League with Uncle Vassar turning the spotlight on good people doing great work in the real world. We are talking with Dr. Robert Radmer, and Michael didn't put doctor on his name, so. I'll take it. Oh, uh, that's his fault. He is with the Central Texas Medical Orchestra. And the first thing that comes to mind when I read that medical orchestra is that both of those groups have instruments. So I'm thinking, does the medical orchestra, are you playing medical instruments or what's going well, on there? We, we try to work those in, you know, if you- Are oh, you kidding? Us, or, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm okay. kidding. <laughs> you got me. I was just about—I was just about to give you a long discourse on those uh, the, those things they check your heart with. If you if you turn around and blow on them, you can, it sounds a little bit like that shofar, that 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 Jewish horn. It's very okay. high pitched, very high pitched, and very quiet. But if you do it into a microphone, and it, it can be an effective uh, musical. Anyway, no, we don't really use a lot of music. Okay. Oh, we, real we, instruments. Music the orchestra is about is about raising money for area medical nonprofits, generally small ones. Um, and so we, we 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 try to find one to be partner with and do a little uh, I was going to say promotion of both organizations, ours and theirs. And then we give a concert and we sell tickets and uh, 50% of the ticket price or something goes, I guess I'm not in charge of the money part of this. But <laughs> a substantial part of the ticket price goes to giving back to this to this group. So we raise a little bit of money at the same time as making some music. And there are medical people in the orchestra, although it's not limited to medical people. The original idea was we have all doctors. There are doctors, orchestras in large towns, but we don't, we're not, we're not quite like that. What type of uh, organizations do you raise money for? Well, I mean, it could be uh, 
uh, battered women's shelters or uh, it's relatively the kind of the far edges of things um, and uh, homeless shelters, things like this. Uh, medical, we're not, nobody's doing operations based on our, our, but we kind of just help to support people do things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty low key. Um, I, w- I was thinking about having a long list of what we had or the complete list or even a list of what we, <laughs> we do. And then some of that didn't get done as I sat down here to get walked into this thing. And now you're going to ask me what we do and I really don't have any idea. Uh, but the, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm on. So, so Doc, the, um, the organizations you raise money for, they're all located in Central Texas? Or do you go outside of Texas? or well, yeah, Texas? In Central Texas, in the area, right. Um, it, within within yeah, it's just the just the very narrow area. I mean, I'm not uh, just right around Austin. Um, I can't believe I can't think of any of these things. Um, may I just go across to my my catalog back here and get some absolutely. information? Thank you. Absolutely. I've been trying to see if that's an instrument back there behind you. I, I have all kinds of stuff. There's let's see. Uh, I've got a guitar right over here. I've got a wall of instruments to this side. Um, there's uh, books and stuff there. Oh, no, that's not. No, no, that's enough of that. Okay, so here's here's a, my 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 three ring binder of our programs. Okay, and, and uh, so I'll just read. For instance, uh, the first one that pops up it looks like we did Austin Pets Alive, the Capital Area Dental Foundation. Uh, this is one year's worth of, of of so we do four concerts. Hospice Austin, and uh, the Health Alliance for Austin Musicians. So that was one year's worth of four concerts that we partnered with, and there, we've we've been doing this for about uh, about a dozen years, something like this. Oh wow! Do you have the same members, or you well, rotate people out? We have some people who are similar, but it does, there is turnover. People move away, people move in. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, almost no one ever dies. Classical musicians, musicians <laughs> never die. <laughs> they, 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 it's. A, Anyway, so that that doesn't happen, but people do move in in and out, and so, uh, uh, and then of course the pandemic, another whole story. We had to stop doing large gala concerts. Um, the idea with the gala, we would uh, we'd have a, a large reception afterward. People could meet the artists, mm-hmm. and we'd have a, an imported uh, classical artist, a violin player, or a cello player, a trumpet player, or something, and then we would end with fifteen or twenty minutes of a local. Uh, pop artist, pop-ish, yeah. jazz-ish, uh, and and I'll just read, read a years worth of those. Um, this is um, uh, Terry Hendricks, Lloyd Maines, and Terry Hendricks would come in and play th- three or four songs that we would accompany with. Mm-hmm. We, we hired a ranger, and they we pick the songs, and and uh, uh, all of a sudden there are some guitar players and they're singing, and the orchestra's playing. And it's, it's it's very much fun. It's a, it's a gala. It's meant to be exciting and entertaining. And then we take a big bump. Maybe they would do an encore by themselves. And mm. then we, we break up and go down into the lobby and have a nice uh, array of uh, desserts, possibly. Maybe something a little bit more dinnery, a little bit uh, something relatively small. And then you could all, everyone could talk and meet. And the, uh, the musicians would go out there. The audience would meet. The famous stars would go out there. The violin soloists would be out selling CDs and stuff like this. And I'd be, of course, wandering around not talking to anyone because I'm, I'm kind of a, a loner. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds like a lot of fun, man. Uh, the, you know, you it got is. your... 
the big name people and the you know the community people and you got food and desserts and all that kind of thing it really really it really was a lot of fun the, the pandemic pandemic made it stop because mm -hmm. we're getting large groups of people so what we've been doing we took a year off we've done this season starting in the fall playing just with string players with masks oh, so wow. no no wind players no singers and then no gala, no, um, no, how does it say, a reception, no mm -hmm. fancy artists. Just do the concert. People come, listen. Thank you very much. A little applause. We all go home. So we've started to go back. And when it's time to do the big thing, we'll start that, we'll start that again. So, so you were still able to raise money just, just with the string? No, we didn't, we didn't do that either. We, gave, we, we, we took the pandemic, broke up all that. So we just started to get the musicians back together to learn mm -hmm. how to play again, that kind of thing. And then just give concerts, just to have the idea. And it's pretty much classical music now. Mm -hmm. just because there's no, there's the, all that uh, exciting, entertaining kind of stuff has gone out the window or it's gone behind the door and it's hiding out there. It'll come back. <laughs> but in the meantime, we're just trying to learn how to play together again and have some sense of a musical organization. And then maybe by next fall, certainly, uh, we're thinking, I'm dreaming, maybe we have a concert. Our last one this season is April 30th. Mm -hmm. And suppose there was no COVID in Austin on April 1st. We could do a a, 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 a thing, a, a good big concert in a month. Okay. So uh, it's, that's still a possibility. Okay. It's not likely, not likely it's possible. Now, tell us how many interest, inter I can't even say the word. I know. Instruments. <laughs> <laughs> I have this effect on people. I'm I'm a college teacher. After people come to my class, they can't even say the word instrument. I'm, I'm, well, so an orchestra has basically a, a big chunk of, of string players. So you got violins, and they're in two sections: first violins and second violins. So it kind of goes down in, in order of uh, sound uh, pitch. So the first violins play the high music. The second violins play the next step. The viola players. Now I'm a viola player, so I'm a little partial to the inner voices of the viola, of the, of the orchestra. So they're the most, the heart of the orchestra, the violas. Mm -hmm. And then they come the cellos, and then the basses, the stand-up guys in the back with the huge instruments. So right. there's five string voices with quite a few players on each voice, with that, on each part. There might mm -hmm. be eight first violins and eight second violins, and uh, down to a couple of basses. Um, and then there's generally wins by two, two flutes, two oboes, two clarinets, two bassoons. So that's eight woodwinds. And then some brass players, say three trumpets, three trombones and tuba. That would, this would be usual. Three trumpets and three mm -hmm. trombones and tuba. But again, you're starting from the top of the, the high register going down to the bottom. And so that's uh, eight woodwinds. And then in there someplace, nobody knows whether they're wind brass or wind instruments are the what used to be called the French horns. We just call them horns now. The big they're brass, aren't they? Yeah, well, they're brass, but they like to think of themselves as woodwind players. It's because um, they're French, right? It's an eagle. Yeah, we don't know why. <laughs> no, certain things are uh, classical music just has strange things about it. So we kind of given up the word French, but if you look them up, they're still called French horns. Anyway, mm. so they're they're at the connecting between the, their, their sound is much softer. How does one say? more rounded sound than a trumpet. It doesn't have the mm -hmm. power. It's more connected. So they're the they're the kind of the heart of, of the orchestra in the sense they give they blend the the, the loud and, and the bright brass with the the, the more, uh, calm or transparent string sound. They're they blend all this together. So anyway, so we've got a bunch of string players and then eight woodwind players, more or less, and then about a dozen brass players. 
And how, how many is that total? Uh, I pounded on the table again. My apologies. I, my <laughs> Speaking of pounding, I think you forgot a section. Oh, I'm not. You're exactly right. I'm not done yet. It, exactly. Well, that was a close one. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 sorry. One more thing. There's the percussion. The percussion instruments. The the timpani and uh, snare drummer and some maybe the chimes player. And then, of course, for our things, we have people playing bird whistles and all kinds of stuff. Percussion players do all kinds of stuff. They're the they're the the characters of the orchestra. They get to do everything. Anyway, so what are we talking about? 45 or 50 players, something like that. Wow. For us. So, uh, you know, like the Austin Symphony probably has maybe 80 players, the same chunks, the same sort of instruments, but 80. So they might have... 40 string players, we might have 25 or something like that. But the otherwise, they would have the same two flutes, two oboes, clarinets. Sometimes they might have an extra one, three flutes, three oboes, but the same groupings of instruments and the same four French horns, the same three, because they're plenty loud, you don't need any more of those, and three trombones and a tuba, you don't need any more of those, three trumpets. And then the, the percussion, three or four, sometimes a five, and maybe there's a harp player, uh, that kind of thing. But a, a, a a major symphony will have about close to a hundred players on stage. You, you, you go to the, the Philadelphia Orchestra, the New York Symphony, mm-hmm. the Chicago Symphony, this kind of thing, 90-ish all the time. And then some of some extra players. So it sounds, it sounds a lot like Jollyville. You know, we have a lot of people on the payroll. So when the check comes, you know, <sighs> the payout is really small. <laughs> You know, that, that, that you have that in common with all of classical music. Okay. When, when, the, check, when the check comes, it's really small. <laughs> and we, don't get, we don't get a check. I don't know if Michael told you. We, we work for free. That's the motto. Work well, for free. Exactly. And we the, the, the way to get around this is say we don't work. Let me just let, let me remind you. Let me remind you what musicians do is called play. Okay. So what, what do you, what would you call what we do is, Podcasters. Well, I'm just, I'm here to learn. You know, I, 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 if, if you would tell me that I could go tell my friends, I'm, I'm ignorant. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've done, this is my first interview on Zoom. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I've done, I've done some uh, radio and TV kinds of stuff, you know, face to face with you know, lighting and all the weird things. But this is the first time I sat in my own room and talked to people from Wyoming. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, this is I'm a, I'm I'm kind of on a, a, a high here. This is very exciting. That's right, um, and it's all on Jollyville Radio. Here's something that'll make you laugh. We call Michael the Maestro. Uh, I, I, <laughs> we I meaning only Uncle Asar. Exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to say I'm speechless. <laughs> But I'm having trouble thinking of something to say. Oh, let me say this. I think Michael deserves that title. He More people should call him that. How's okay. That? I'm yeah. into that. There you go. So if, if if you could spread that around. Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, been in a couple of episodes. You know, we call him the maestro in a couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah. I'm responsible for that. I take full responsibility. Well, in, in, in sometimes in orchestras, there's a certain kind of cynicism that pervades. Uh, the classic musicians have gone to music school since they were little kids and have all these teachers telling them stuff and they're always being told it's wrong. And then they go, they get to play in a famous orchestra and there's a big famous conductor making a ton of money telling them they're doing it wrong. This happens all the time. This is it. And so the word maestro 
in classical music sometimes get distorted into the word maestro. <laughs> we we run a clean show here, man. <laughs> well, what, what, did I push? Did I go over the line? I didn't, I didn't. You know. <laughs> well, he's the maestro. He'll decide what he does. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you just say the word. Here's well, I don't word. want to give anybody any ideas either. Well, that's so. true. And, but let me say this. Now, you just call him maestro, and he'll hear what he wants to hear. <laughs> right. uh, so you can hear that as you wish. It's up to you. Right. You can interpret these things. So, now, is there anything else I can tell you about the Central Texas Medical Orchestra? We raised a little money. We've been, we're taking a pandemic uh, uh, hiatus. Uh, we're going to start again when we can. Uh, I think you should come. I, I bet I could put, I know the guy who has the, how does it say, the plus one list. Right. You, know, you buy a ticket and you get you know, another person in for free. Okay. We can do, we can do that. Okay. And, and I could even get you maybe onto the, forget it, don't buy, even buy a ticket, you're friends of Dr. Radner. I, there's a list like that too. Okay, I want to be on that list. So let's tell everybody how how do we find uh, the Central Texas uh, Medical Orchestra? You could ctmo.org, ctmo.org will get you there, or just type in all of those other letters, Central Texas Medical. It shows up, and there's a you know a, a picture uh, a picture of me, of course, and, <laughs> and, and then you know a listing of what we do, a discussion, and then the the uh, past concerts and links to uh, video. Things that are on, uh, uploaded on the web. We have a, a, a very good engineer records most of our concerts, and he's a, a vi in video and, and puts things together to make things look good, um, and and sound good. And and uh, so CTMO and it's it's an, it's it's not an elaborate website, but it's pretty good basic stuff. If you want to find out who we are and when our next concert will be, who are who the solos will be, who the featured local artists will be, that kind of thing. It's all on there. Okay. Dr. Radmer, thank you so much for coming on to uh, Community B, Jollyville Radio, and we wish you the best of the best. Well, it's been a tremendous pleasure, and I hope I didn't cross too many lines. No, absolutely not. <laughs> this has been Jollyville Community B with Dr. Lassar, sending spotlight on good people doing great work in the real world, and dig this. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Peace. Thank you so much. Have a good night.
Proud member of the Podnuga Network.